Amen. Amen. All right. Well, turn with me this morning, if you would, to Romans chapter 8. We've been ministering the past couple weeks now on uh, a subject that I just love. Uh, this subject of being led by the Spirit. Uh, led by the Holy Spirit, of course. Uh, he if you're a believer, if you've uh, asked Jesus to be your Lord, uh, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit comes to dwell on the inside of us, and he lives in there for a purpose. And um, yes, when you get born again, praise God, when you exit this earth, when your, when your body gives out, gives up the ghost, uh, you know, you breathe your last. If you've received Jesus, you, the Bible tells us that we will go with him into his kingdom, heaven. Glory to God. We will get to be partaking with him in glory. But that's not the only reason the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of us. There's so much more for us down here on earth. And so uh, we just, we, we had started looking in these verses. We're going to look um, again. You know, I first heard a man by the name of Kenneth Hagin. He ministered these things. This is where I first heard uh, teaching on this topic topic of being led by the Spirit. And he would turn to these two verses or three verses that we're going to look at, Romans 8, Proverbs 20. He would turn to these every single time he ministered on the subject. And you know what? I never get tired of hearing these verses. And it, it just, it's so funny to me that when I was prompted to look at the subject and, and minister on this subject, here's where we are. <laughs> Romans 8. Praise the Lord. But uh, Romans 8 verse 14, it says this, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. That's a big statement. All who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. When I look at that statement, I think, well, a son of God is supposed to be led by the Spirit of God. A, a vast majority of Christians don't think you can be led by the Spirit of God. We're not going to get into that right now, but I'm just saying, um, even though there's scriptures like this right there, somehow they skip over this one. Well, I shouldn't say that. They don't skip over it. They say the only way you can be led is through the written word of God. You understand that is one way we are led? <laughs> that is one way, the word of God. That is uh, the general way that we're led. And honestly, anything that uh, the spirit on the inside prompts us to do is going to align with what's written in the word. Meaning he's not going to lead you to do something. He's not going to lead you to, to steal something. Right? <laughs> he's not going to lead you to go shoplift because you can't afford to buy something. 
right? Why? Because we've, I mean, that might be an extreme example, but, but um, it gets our point across. Why? Because we've got written in the Bible, thou shalt not steal, right? <laughs> I mean, it's right there. It's, it's not hard to figure that one out. And um, so he's never going to lead us in a direction that goes against his word. So the word and the leading of the spirit go together. Uh, I listen. My, my husband ministered. Uh, you were with us in Bible school at, at one point. He was ministering on the subject, and he said it this way. Oh, don't worry about it. We'll get it later. Uh, he said, he said, um, it's the word and the witness. You need both to be led. You need the word and you need the witness. Uh, verse 16. The Spirit himself bears witness. There we are. The witness. Bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The same way that he bears witness with us, you're a child of God. You wake up in the morning and you may feel like 10 miles of muddy road. You might, you might feel as far from God as you could possibly be. And yet, if you look to the inside and you say, good morning, Father, there's something on the inside that says, good morning. You're, you're a child of God. Don't, you know, it doesn't matter what you feel like. It doesn't matter what it looks like today. There's something on the inside of you bearing witness. You're a child of God. That witness is there to help you, not just telling you you're a child of God, but also to help lead us and guide us through our everyday life and through our major decisions of life. It, it's there. And uh, we want to make sure that we're learning to look to that leading throughout our day, throughout our life. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 20, verse 27. Oh, I have it in the NIV, right? Why don't you just pull that one up for us? It says, the human spirit is the lamp of the Lord that sheds light on one's inmost being. Human spirit is a lamp. Woo! It sheds light where? On the inside on the inside. Again, just, uh, we've got a, a New Testament verse and an Old Testament verse showing us where God leads. Primarily, it's going to be this inner witness, this inner prompting, this inner leading. And that inner leading, that inner witness is going to align itself with the written word of God. You have the word, you have the witness. If I don't have both of those things, I don't move. We like to say it this way. If I don't know, I don't go. We're jumping right into it here this morning. I hope that's okay. If I don't know, I don't go. 
Meaning if I don't have the witness on a, a particular thing, meaning just it's, it seems okay, it seems like the Spirit's all right with me going this direction, then I, I don't go. There's been times where, uh, you know, someone's called my husband to go minister at a certain church, and, you know, he'll tentatively say, uh, probably that will be okay, but then when he goes to ask the Lord, you know, is that, is that okay? Uh, he just, there's a hesitancy in there, like something's like, no, don't go. And so if we don't know, we don't go. Why did he tell us not to go? Well, he didn't tell me that. <laughs> is it the wrong place? Will they not receive his ministry? Is it the wrong motive? on their part or our part. You know, uh, my husband, you know, if, if he has somebody call and say, why don't, you, why don't you come minister and do this, I'll give you a big offering. He said, if, if they say that, most of the time he'll pull out because he doesn't want to go for a big offering. Right. Why? Because that's a wrong motive, right? We don't want to be money-minded. We want to go because we're led by the Spirit to go. Um, so there's that, there's that type of thing where we, we want to make, make sure it could just be the wrong time, right? God knows. Uh, we're talking about my, my husband left for Texas yesterday. He wound up in Dallas instead of Austin because there's, there's, there was weather, you know, it took a while to get down there. Um, we felt like he was supposed to get there Saturday just, just because we're coming in right before service time today, and if that happens again today, you know, we, we split it up so that somebody was there. Why? Because we were led to. Because right. we were led to. And if we will follow that inner witness, we can be, we can be blessed in, in every area of our life. Amen. Even when things don't look like it's a blessing. Even when we're led to places and it doesn't look like God showed up. <laughs> we'll get to that here in a minute. <laughs> but, um, all right, so the human spirit is the lamp of the Lord. It sheds light on one's inmost being. Proverbs 21, verse 2 It says this, every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. The New Living Translation of that last phrase says, the Lord examines the heart. What does that mean? If we don't stop and take a minute, especially when we're first learning these things, if we don't stop and take a moment to say, Lord, what do you say about this? Everything's going to look good to us. <laughs> I'm sorry, but, but you know, when I'm out, we, my husband and I, we took a trip to Aspen. And I, I'm calling it, I'm now, that was our first time being in Aspen. I'm calling it now the Rodeo Drive of... of, of the Beverly Hills of Colorado, right? Uh, there were things that were really pretty down there in, in every shop. I found something really pretty in every shop. And if I was just going by, by what I see and what I like, um, I'd have maxed out my credit card after like two stores. <laughs> Why? Because I like that stuff. I like that stuff. 
Praise the Lord. So what, when I get in those situations, what, what is it important to do? Everything seemed right in my eyes. <laughs> it all looked good to me, right? A $1,000 belt? Sure. A $5,000 purse? Why not? Is there something wrong with a $5,000 purse? No. No, actually there isn't, which is awesome. It's amazing. But what is wrong is buying it without the witness of the Spirit. Why? Because there's a right time. There's a right level. There, there, you know, um, I do have some very nice things now. But I didn't for a really long time. Well, I shouldn't say that. I had nice things at the level I was at. That's right. right? I had nice things at, I mean, you can get nice things at Target. You can. And if, if that's where your level is and that's where your peace is and that's where your leading is, then there's going to be joy when you are led to those things. Praise the Lord. Every way is right in a man's, every way of man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord is the one who examines our heart. And so it's just been our practice, and this is just some practical lessons for the Christian today, right? Um, It's been our practice to take a moment at least and check in with the Spirit of God to make sure. Praise the Lord. To make sure that those, whatever we see, that we like, that we thought, oh, let's do this. Let's go there. Let's change this job. Let's go to that. Let's try a different thing. We want to check and make sure, is this what God is leading us to do? Or is this just something I'm wanting to do? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The Lord examines our heart. The Bible talks about discerning the will of God over in Romans 12 too. We can, we can find out what his will is, but only if we learn how to do this. Only if we learn how to check with him. Check in and make sure that the things we think he, he's leading us to do are, are really him and not just something we want. Praise the Lord. Now, so many things we could minister on here. And I know we've, we've looked at some of these things before, but uh, if we ministered on this even in the last year, it's been a while. So we're going to look at some of these things again. And if you would, turn with me to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, I've got to get there myself. Now Jesus, this is right after Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan by John the Baptist. 
and the Holy Spirit came and descended upon him like a dove. Everyone remember that? The Holy Spirit came, he was baptized. This is where his ministry starts. And the first thing that happens after he's baptized, after the Holy Spirit comes upon him, it says in uh, Luke 4, verse 1, And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was what? Led by the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days, being what? Tempted by who? Wait a second. Wait a second. Led by the Spirit to go be tempted by the devil. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> this was a setup. The Spirit led him into a solitary place, the wilderness, a place where he'd be by himself. And there were temptations there. There was, if we could say it this way, trouble, <laughs> trials, uh, difficulties there in the wilderness. But who led him there? The Holy Spirit. In other words, it, it, it wasn't a Gucci store, and it, it wasn't Louis Vuitton. It was the wilderness. It was a hard place, a solitary place, not an easy place. And yet, the Spirit is the one who led him there. Now, God and the devil aren't working on, like, they're not co-workers, okay? They're, they're not having meetings where they're, you know, okay, you're going to do this and I'm going to do that. But in all of our lives, there's going to be times and seasons of proving. There's going to be times and seasons where difficulties come and God will allow them to happen. And he might even lead you into places or make you stay in places <laughs> that you don't want to stay in because it's hard on the flesh. But he's saying, stay there. Yes. Why? That's training ground. This is training ground. Um, you ever uh, gone into a, uh, a, like a creek or a, a low-lying river, and there's lots of rocks there, right? There's lots of little rocks or bigger rocks. Most of those rocks have smoothed over. Why? Because they're next to a whole bunch of other rocks. And what are they doing all day long? Rubbing against each other. The water's going over them, right? They're rubbing on each other. It smooths out the rough edges. Right? The friction. The movement. There are times that God will lead us to places or keep us in places. I'm thinking of several jobs I've had where there were difficult people. He will put people in your life to smooth out your rough edges. Sometimes 
times it might even be your pastor. Woo! Or those over you in the ministry that rub you the wrong way. That just... Why? It's not... It's not really them. It's to help you. <laughs> Why? Smooth out your rough edges. God wants us to be ready for everything, but God can't take us to the places he wants to take us, put us in places of service, places of ministry, even higher places in your line of work. He can't put you where your character can't keep you. And so there are times where you're going to be led into places that, Ooh, I don't really like it there. I don't really want to stay there. I don't really want to be in this situation. But if the Spirit of God is saying, stay put, stay put, stay put, stay put. If there's no release to go somewhere else, do something different, then there's a reason. And if we'll learn those lessons quickly, yeah. Amen. very often we can get promoted out of those situations yeah. faster. Yep. In America, in our public school system, they only keep you behind. Like if you, if you don't make it, if you don't pass out of second grade, you might be left in second grade for a year, maybe two. But, you know, when you're start hitting five foot and everybody else is three foot, they're going to promote you no matter what and just put you in a few remedial classes here and there, right? God doesn't do that. He will keep you in kindergarten for the rest of your life if you don't learn how to pass some tests and how to overcome in the wilderness. Isn't this happy news today? Praise the Lord. Um, but it's good for us to know these things because I've watched person after person say, God led me to do this. And they jump in. Woo! They're so excited. And two and a half weeks later, the job didn't come. It's not exactly what I thought. I didn't like it. I, you know, I don't like their praise and worship. I don't know. No, no, come on. There are just so many things. You know, I didn't like it there. So, so they, what? It must not have been God. Here's the problem with that. If it really was God, and now you're telling yourself it wasn't God, the next time it is God, you're confused. You've just confused yourself, Right? Because I thought it was God last time, and uh, that wasn't, according to them. So now, I, th I think it is. And so we, we have a bunch of people walking around going, I think he's leading me to do that. I'm not sure. I don't know. Listen, this is, all, being led by the Spirit, there's a learning curve all the time. Because the Spirit is always 10 steps ahead of me. <laughs> He's always uh, thinking bigger than me. He's always uh, got more for me than I could think or imagine. And, and if I think, oh, 
uh, I need $10,000 by tomorrow, and I know that Brother Scott gave me $10,000 last time I needed it. So I'm, I just have it in my head. This time, Brother Scott's going to hear from God again, and he's going to give me $10,000. As soon as I think that, you understand, God does things above what we could ask or think. He, he does things beyond what we could ask or think. And if I've decided how God's going to work through Brother Scott this second time, because he did it the first time, you know God's going to use someone else, right? He's going to do something else. And that might be uh, not by somebody giving me $10,000. It might be by me getting a new contract in the job that we have, you know, or, or, the, or the business we have or something like that, where all of a sudden there's extra income that comes in. Meaning God has so many ways to do things. He wants you, remember what we said last week, to learn how to follow the leader, that's my only job, not to figure out how God's going to do things, how he's going to make it happen, how he's going to make it work. My only job is to follow him and be led by his spirit. And if the place he's leading me to looks really dry, (sighs) praise the Lord, if it's him, then it's going to be a good place for me to be. And I'll step out there. What do we mean leading really dry? There's been times where he's had us almost empty out our bank account and sow it to somebody. That's a really dry place financially when you have to check before you go to Starbucks. How, how, how much is in the account? Oh, we're going to be making a Keurig coffee today. If that's where God puts you, then that Keurig coffee is going to taste great. Why? Because you're in his plan. You're in his will. And it doesn't mean you're going to stay there. It just means it's smoothing out some of the rough edges. Taking away a little of the selfishness. Taking a a little of the pride. Come on now. Helping us walk in love toward those who are around us, helping us be sweet when we'd rather carve them up with our mouth. These things don't make us shout and run around the room all excited when we hear them, but if we'll do these things, oh my goodness, there's such reward. There's such benefit. The Bible tells us that God honors those who honor him. One of the ways we honor him is by following his leading wholeheartedly, no matter where he leads. Ah, so if we can turn back to Romans 8 for me. I hope this is helping us this morning. Romans 8. Now, what's so interesting to me, as I said, Brother Hagen would always pull out Romans 8, verse 14, verse 16, then go to Proverbs 20, verse 27. But, of course, before we started ministering on the subject, we were kind of camping in Romans 8. And um, it's interesting to me that before Romans 8, 14 comes Romans 8, 1 through 13. So, if we could take a minute here, uh, we're going to read 
this whole beginning passage. Why? Remember, when you're having trouble with one verse or you're not quite understanding what he's meaning, read the verses before it. Read the verses after it. Nine times out of ten, or maybe even 99 out of 100, it will answer some questions for you. That's general Bible interpretation lesson number one. There you go. You're welcome. Okay. Romans 8, verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. Remember we were talking about that we've been made righteous, right? That, that the old man has died out. That our sin nature no longer has dominion over us. We were ministering along those lines. There's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has what? Set you free, free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh, what do they do? They set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, what? They set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is against God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. What do you mean in the flesh? I mean not looking to your spirit, not paying attention to your spirit, not looking to the leading of the Lord. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you, Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. So then, brothers... Because I've said all that. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you'll die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Isn't that interesting? That it's interesting to me. This one verse that a lot of times we pull out to talk about being led is smack dab. It comes right after he's talking about, you're going to have to put the flesh down. You're going to have to live by the Spirit. You're going to have to crucify and, and mortify, put to death the deeds of your flesh, and you're going to have to be focused on your spirit. You're going to have to set your mind on the things of the spirit, not on the things of the flesh. 
And then he tells us how to do it. For all who are led by the Spirit of God, they're the children of God. How are we going to put to death the things that are in our flesh nature? How are we going to put to death those things? We're going to learn how to be led by the Spirit. Meaning this, all of us are at different levels. All of us are growing in grace, right? All of us are moving more towards Christ-likeness. We are supposed to be moving towards being just like him, formed in his image. We should be walking around this earth just like him. Praise the Lord. Walking in his compassion walking in his love, walking in his power, walking in his goodness, walking with his wisdom. But this takes development. How are we going to develop in these things? He's going to lead us in these things. There's been times where, there's been different times where I've been growing in God and things like that, and he'll lead me to change something that I'm eating, drinking, something I'm doing with my body. There was a time where he dealt with me pretty strongly, start exercising three times a week. Why? Because I was almost 40 and I needed to start exercising. If I wanted to have my body in a place under my spirit and I wanted to be ready for the next things he had for me in ministry, you understand the more of him you have, uh, the more power that flows through you, the more you need a, a strong body to go with that, right? To carry that anointing and those things. And I wanted to attain, I want to attain all that God has for me, as much anointing as he has for me, as much uh, ministry as he has for me. And he was dealing with me. There's going to be some things you need to change in your body. Right? I always refer back to that me message. See, my husband preaches so I can refer back to it when he said, your body, your slave. Yes. If you haven't heard that one, go find it in the archives. Your body, your slave. Why? Because uh, our, we're constantly learning how to put our flesh under. But how do we do this? Do we just decide like, uh, like everybody else on January 1st? This is the year. I'm making my, what, my New Year's resolution. Resolution. This is it. I'm going to be fit this year. And then January 6th, everyone's eating pizza <laughs> and, and doing whatever they want. Why? Why? Because that was something they decided, right? Willpower is good to, for a little bit. But when we're led by his spirit, yes. what? When, we're, when our mind is set on the spirit, the spirit is going to deal with us how to take care of the flesh. Does that make sense? Yeah. When we have our mind on the things of the spirit, then the spirit is prominent and he's going to deal with us. Now's time to take care of that. Now's the, uh, now we're going to touch that area. In other words, thank God, the day after I got born again, he, I didn't get a printout 
in, in, you know, Genesis chapter four or whatever. I didn't, I get to print out in the scriptures of everything I had to change immediately. <laughs> because if I had, I would have been overwhelmed because then I would be thinking, oh God, I don't think I could, I don't think I can do this. And really, that's what the Old Testament law was, wasn't it? The whole Old Testament law was a whole bunch of written rules. And it was the whole idea was to look at it and say, oh, I can't do that on my own. And for them to realize, I need a savior. <laughs> we have a savior. Glory to God. Jesus came to this earth and paid a price for us so that we don't have to be overwhelmed. But that doesn't mean we're not going to have to do something with our life, with our conduct. And that we are the ones that present our bodies Romans 1 says, 12, 1 says, we present our bodies as a living sacrifice. How do we do that? We're led by him, led by his spirit in what to do, when to do it, what to focus on, what not to deal with right now. This changes everything. It's a game changer. Why? Because there's been times, and I use natural things because it's just, it's easier for us to wrap our mind around, and I use things like exercise and diet because we all eat, right? We all have bodies. Um, and so, and, and our bodies are all the same but different, right? <laughs> We're all human, <laughs> right? But my body might need something a little bit different than your body. And so, you know, and, and, you know, some of us are short, some of us are tall, some of us are younger, some of us are older, and things change as we go along. And my goal has always been to follow the Spirit and be ahead of the changes that my body might be in line for. In other words, I understand the natural progress of my body, and I can stay ahead of the curve by being led by the Spirit. A few years before, I don't know, was it 30 or 40? I don't know, 40. Before I turned 40, I told you, he dealt with me, start exercising three times a week. Why? Because I was chasing around children, and I was working a full-time job and on my feet all day and I was going, you know, I was very busy, but he understood that this next decade, my body's metabolism might change a little bit and I had to put in place something rigid, something, something uh, more disciplined to keep my body in check. Does that make sense? But just because he dealt with me to do that, didn't mean I was going to get up and tell everybody in my church, hey, guess what? The Spirit told me to exercise three times a week, so you all better start doing it. Why? Because that was something he was dealing with me to do. It was a conviction for me. It wasn't something written in here for all. Right? That's where the leading of the Spirit helps us individually if we'll learn to look to the Spirit and not stay focused on the flesh. For the mind set on the flesh leads to death. Why? 
because your flesh will do whatever it can to get closer to death. Doesn't mean to. It just goes that way. <laughs> now, don't, don't misunderstand me. Even if you followed your flesh all the way, you fleshed out for the rest of your life, and you died young, if you're born again, if you know Jesus, you're going to spend eternity in heaven. It's not a bad outcome. But we want to be productive for him here on this earth. And if you want to, I understand there's a reason I don't have a bigger auditorium with a thousand people. Because not everyone will sit through this message. Right? Not everyone wants to do this. Not everyone's really, really interested in getting on their knees and saying, Father, what do I need to change? What's next for me to do? How can I progress further? How can I be more spiritually attentive? And so through the years, he's dealt with me. There's been times that he's dealt with me to stop. Uh, you guys, some of you know it. That he dealt with me one, at one point to stop drinking soda. And I, I can't tell you, anytime I share that somewhere, someone will come up to me afterwards and say, you know why the Lord dealt with you to stop drinking soda? Cause da, 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 and they'll tell me about all the chemicals in soda. Listen, I don't care. I don't need to know the why. I just need to know the leading. I don't need to know the why he's leading. I just need to know the prompting if he's telling me to do something. And here's the thing. I drank a lot of soda. I was in Western New York at the time. We called it pop. Don't ask me why. But, or if you're somewhere else, it's soda pop. So put them all together. I drank, yeah, I drank a lot of it. I didn't even realize I drank a lot of it. Look at that. I didn't even realize. The Spirit will prompt you on things that you don't even know your flesh is in control over. He'll point them out to you at the right time. And once he points that out to you, there is from him his power. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead if he dwells in you, he's going to give life to your mortal body. There is grace and life and ability from God to help you step out of whatever you were in. At his leading. At his leading. In other words, if you go home today and say, well, Pastor Amy stopped drinking soda, so I'm going to stop drinking soda. You don't do it because I did it. You do it because he says it. And if he leads it, there is a wealth of ability and power surging on the inside of you for you to take it and say, Lord, that sounds big to me because I drink that a lot. But if you'll help me, I, we can, we can do this. And I'm telling you, it was easy, generally speaking, to just step out and, and not drink that anymore. You might think, well, that's because it wasn't that big of a deal. Well, maybe it isn't to you, but maybe it is to me. 
there's been times where he's dealt with me to stop something, and it wasn't for forever, but it was just for a while. There was a time I was, well, there was a time I was going to Starbucks every afternoon, hanging out with some friends, and I was drinking my super calorie drink every afternoon like four or five times a week and I got mine after it was we were going to a prayer service in the afternoon then we'd go out afterwards I shouldn't say every afternoon it was they only had the prayer school there for three days a week so it was three days a week but we'd go out every time and we'd sit there and we'd drink our Starbucks and I got my Starbucks ice caramel macchiato thank you very much I got that yeah I know super calorie drink and I take one sip, and on the inside, I don't mean to hear an audible voice, just on the inside, I know the Spirit's telling me, enjoy this, it's your last one. I sat down and looked at it, and my husband said, what's, what's wrong? And I, I, I was like, Spirit just said, that's my last one. Now, here again interpretation right did he mean the last one for forever because when he dealt with me to stop drinking soda I just knew this is a thing we're not going to do anymore so is it forever or is it just for a while that's something I need to still be led on I don't just assume you don't just get part of the puzzle and think you know the whole thing But I have to consecrate myself when the Spirit deals with me. I've trained myself. And you can get to this point where you train yourself. Whatever he says to me, I'm doing it 100%. And so I set that baby down. They taste really good. I set that baby down and I looked at it. And I said, okay. This is my last one. Lord, I don't know if that's forever or just for a while, but if it's forever, I'm okay with it. I didn't know if he meant just that. Like, can I get a vanilla latte instead? <laughs> right? <laughs> or did he mean no coffee forever? If he had said that, there would have been what? Grace, ability. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead was, dwells in me. There would have been a surging ability to step into that and do that. Why would he lead you to do that, Pastor Amy? I don't need to know the whys. I need to know the leading. And if I'm putting that part of my flesh to death, there's a reason. And he has something better for me on the other side. Yes. Amen. Amen. Thankfully, yes. it was just for a season. And it was stop the afternoon coffee. That's what it was. Yeah. Stop the afternoon thing. Yeah. Why? Because I don't need to be addicted to anything. That's right. 
except the leading of the Spirit. Right? Right? And so I try not to let my body get out any further <laughs> than I can be. You know, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I try not to let my flesh, it's a living sacrifice. Every day, you got to hack it back down there to follow Christ. Now, oh gosh, I've got to get out of here. But let's just finish reading this. We were in verse 12, right? No, verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided... We suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Amen. Now, it is time to close. We are going to exit here really quickly, but I want to let you know this. You'll never have to suffer what Jesus paid for. Amen. You don't have to suffer sickness. You don't have to suffer disease. You don't have to suffer from poverty and extreme lack. You don't have to suffer those things, but they're are things, remember what he's talking about here, he's talking about your flesh That's right. versus your spirit. That's right. There are things you're going to have to, the spirit's going to deal with you to put your flesh under in that area. And Amen. it might feel mm, like somebody just stepped on your toes. Your flesh might suffer a bit. But it's all for your progress. It's for your help. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you for your goodness and your mercy today. Thank you for an incredible week. We are so excited for all you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen.